Welcome to Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer. It's the 84th episode, and I am officially back in 2024 for good this time. Now I'm back to the to the routine Monday episodes every single week. I uh, had to do a couple emergency pods for uh, what I thought was probably going to be the biggest move of the winter, being that Gunter Steiner, who has basically been the face of Haas for how many years is that now? That would be seven years. Yeah, seven years since 2016. Um, he has been the face of Haas and he gets let go. And then, of course, the biggest driver market move we've seen in a long, long time, Lewis Hamilton deciding to go to Ferrari happened. So I have to do a second emergency podcast. Um, but no, I am back now for good. And I'm so excited. It's going to be a fun year. I mean, it's got to be better than last year, right? It has to be. <laughs> Our, us F1 fans could not have gone through a more painful season last year. Um, so I think we are prepared for any. If Max Verstappen only wins 15, we're, we're going to be happy. A dominant Max season can still happen as long as he wins less and we just see a little bit more. Um, but no, I, I really do think even if it's just as dominant for Red Bull, we have even more in store for this year. So at least that's more to look forward to. And I know this is a, a bit of a longer intro than I'm used to, but I want to knock this stuff uh, out of the park kind of right away um, and basically say that this is going to be a new setup for me. Uh, some trial and error, hopefully. This is uh, my first time doing video in a while. I'm liking the setup right now. It's a bit bare behind me. That's going to change. Uh, hoping to get some more decor, make this room a little bit more uh podcasty let's say um right now it's it's not a finished product but i just had to get the content out because we have so much to talk about already um so bear with me i guess through this episode but i think it's going to be okay um so yeah i guess let's get to it uh first of all before we get to the episode though uh, first, a quick reminder to check out the link tree in the description. It has links to all the platforms where you can find this podcast and the ways you can contact me. Now, let's get into what you need to know for the 2024 season before we dive right back in to the F1 fun. Let's talk about what's happened first. I'm going to break this uh, episode down into basically three parts. What has already happened, what will happen, and then what to expect further along this year. So basically, I have to recap all the stuff that we've missed. And there's more to it than I'm going to cover on this episode, of course. But all the important bits that uh, some of the less hardcore F1 fans need to know. If you're just as hardcore as I am, you may know about these things already, but either way, you're going to hear my thoughts on them. So stay around for that. Um, so first of all, I have, uh, well, there was three major announcements that I had to do emergency podcasts on that I already touched on. Of course, Io Komatsu replacing Guter Steiner at Haas, uh, Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari in 2025 and Andretti, uh, getting rejected for their 2025 Formula One bid. That was a massive shame. I still think F1's a bit of a joke for that move, to be honest. I, d I just don't know who would possibly get into F1 if they're not a massive manufacturer. Uh, basically, no team is getting in unless they're a team like Audi, which I think is a bit ridiculous, especially when we have teams on the grid. Even Williams. I love Williams. 
but really like they're going to stay in F1 over team that's American based. I don't know. I don't need to get into this. I, I kind of touched on it already on my emergency episode. So go listen to my thoughts or my initial thoughts, I should say, on the uh, Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari move there. Those have been the three major news announcements that I had to cover uh, with emergency pods. So the rest of them are as follows. Uh, we have Charles Leclerc, who got extended at Ferrari long term, a pretty cool video announcing that as well. Of course, at the time, we didn't know that his partner for the foreseeable future was going to be Lewis Hamilton at the time. I'm pretty sure most people expected it to be Carlos Sainz, who will now be searching for a drive elsewhere. He has tons of options, though. I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes, though. Um, and then we have Lando Norris, who signed a long-term deal with McLaren. He had a bit of a interesting sit-down with uh, Sky Sports' Craig Slater. Love Craig. I think he does a fantastic job. Uh, and it sparked a bit of a, of a controversy as well when he made sort of comments about how uh, it would be silly for him to go up against Max Verstappen. And that certainly brought out a lot of ire with some Formula One fans who just want to see the drama, right? I, I get the appeal of wanting the Lando Norris, Max Verstappen fight, but you're not going to beat Max. <laughs> I guess it's as simple as that. I'm trying to justify it in the better way, but Really, if you go to Red Bull, you're going to lose to Max, even if you're closer. He's not running away from a fight. This is the sensible thing to do. And in fact, he would be a more popular driver building up a team like McLaren, who is getting a lot of fans. I have to say, I'm a Mercedes fan. I see more people who are fans of Ferrari, McLaren, and Red Bull than I see Mercedes. McLaren is a very popular team, especially with a younger crowd. Um, so is that crowd gets older i think mclaren is going to be in a great spot landon Norris is super likable i think he is uh he's good where he's at and i don't blame him for believing in mclaren when they are showing him that they're on the right track right now so uh i don't blame him one bit for staying with mclaren i don't see it as running from a fight at all and then we have some team news both mercedes related actually total wolf probably one of the most polarizing team bosses i guess in the sport has been renewed at mercedes some people think that he should maybe move on to a ceo role uh, and uh, let someone else take the reins of, of team principal kind of more the on track stuff uh, however he is back in t as team principal with mercedes and the same goes for james allison their big technical director he signed long term both of these things happened before the lewis hamilton news as well i mean total wouldn't change but would james allison sign long term at mercedes knowing that lewis hamilton's leaving it's a it's a question i i'm not sure but i know for a fact that there will be people looking to join ferrari now that lewis hamilton has gone there in fact a couple people from mercedes are also already rumored to be joining the scuderia so that is certainly interesting I'm kind of recording in the middle of car launch season. So three cars have been launched, only four or four liveries. McLaren screwed everything up when they when they dropped that surprise livery in the middle of January. So we already know exactly what it looks like. They got the rid of the blue. It's more orange. I think they did a great job. It's going to look pretty good. It is similar, but without the blue, more orange, it's going to pop even more. So I think they had a good livery, and now they just improved it. It's probably going to be one of the best ones on the grid this year. And now we've had 
three livery drops in the past three days Haas starting off on february 2nd it's very status quo this one um sticking with that red black and white although i'm glad they've kind of gone back to their original identity i think it's by far their best look you can also tell it has has an identity which you can tell it's a has when you look at it on track i think that's super important in 2021 the aston martin i thought was a brilliant livery when i first saw it that dark green it looked really cool but it looked way too much like a Mercedes when it was on track. Anytime the sun wasn't like blaring on it, it, it looked way too dark and it looked like the black Mercedes. So yeah, it's important to be able to distinguish the cars on track. And I think Haas does a good job of that while maintaining a pretty solid identity. Haas does only ever launch virtual renderings of the car. Um, so it's tricky also when you see the other actual cars another launch spec cars um you know with the paint on them this is a picture so it's a little bit different we'll see what it looks like on track when it gets shaken down in a in a couple weeks um that might change things uh, it also does appear though that Haas is going down the red bull route and that ayo komatsu is already starting to uh weather Haas's fans uh expectations saying they're going to be pretty slow in bahrain probably last um, we all expected that, but for them to just come out and say it means that uh, maybe they liked the uh, approach McLaren took last year, basically just telling everyone they're going to stink, but they're going to get better. Don't expect uh, a move up the grid uh, from Haas like McLaren did last year, but I still I don't think it's a bad idea to just go out and tell people you're not going to be uh, super fast or super improved out of the gate because if they have higher expectations for uh, for you and then you come out and let them down, it's uh, it always stings a little bit more. So I don't blame them there. Uh, I don't have really high hopes for this new Haas regime, but we'll see. Then we just had two, I'm recording on Monday. We just had two car launches dropped today starting with the Williams it's a bit more of a new livery compared to the Haas uh, still pretty blue though at first glance um, it's clearly darker though and equipped with a lot more sponsors so that's great uh, I love that for them um, I've always been a fan of this new Williams livery they've had for the past I guess it's only been the past two years or no, this will be the third year of the kind of new identity that they've gone with. I, I like it. It's not as good as some other teams for sure. Um, I just worry that the dark shades that they've gone uh, with the blue are going to be too hard to distinguish on track. And it's kind of going to look, it's going to blend together, um, which if you can't distinguish the colors of the livery on track, then it's not going to pop as much or, or do what it was intended to do, which kind of sucks. Um, but I think the exciting part of the launch was hearing the drivers talk and Albon kind of let something slip a little bit saying that he thinks the team has done a really good job. That could mean anything, but us F us F1 fans, you know how we, uh, we like to speculate. So maybe, uh, Williams is going to pull a, pull a blinder on us and, uh, be pretty quick out of the gates. I would love to see that. Hopefully, we uh, see a better season from Logan Sargent as well. Uh, and then the less exciting team, uh, or I should say the most boring team on the grid, Stake, they dropped their new livery, and the most boring team on the grid is going to have the most bold livery, that's for sure. Everyone was expecting lime green, 
and we got it. lime green all over this car. It's it's pretty much just black and lime green. I think it's really cool. I love the front wing and the rear wing being really bright green. They have a bit of a weird design on the side angle. Uh, that's kind of like a zigzag. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, we'll see, but it's going to pop on the grid, which I think is awesome. It's just such a shame that th this team is, is, is such a snooze fest. I mean, these, uh, these two stake years are going to be really boring unless they, uh, get some interesting drivers next year. But either way, I think this team is, is still going to go backwards. And with Bottas and Joe at the helm, I'm just not really excited for their season at all. Uh, but Bottas is really like he's going even crazier. We thought the mullet and the mustache was wild last year. You got to see his hairstyle now. It, it, the, the bleach blonde is uh, questionable. I'm uh, not sure I love it. Um, but anyway, we're here to talk about liveries, not Bottas's hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I guess I did kind of tease one of the other things that happened. If you're wondering who the heck is the stake team, why are you talking about Bottas and Joe driving for stake. What is stake? Well, Alfa Romeo is no longer, and they're also not going by the Sauber name. They decided to uh, get the, or not decided, but they, they have a partnership with uh, Stake and Kick. So their official team name is, hold on one moment, Stake F1 Team Kick Sauber. Yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful. So... Some people are just going to call them Stake F1 team for sure. I'm sure others are just going to call them Sauber as well because that's the, the name that we've come to know as F1 fans. But the issue is not everywhere or in certain countries, I should say, uh, they're not allowed to be called the Stake F1 team. and They're not allowed to sponsor Stake at all because it is a uh, it is involved with, with gambling and, and sports betting and, and whatnot. And that is illegal in certain countries. So... They will be the kick F1 team or kick Sauber or whatever uh, at those races. So it's going to be ridiculous. This team, again, really failing to uh, get an identity when they're already so boring. But speaking of no identity, we have an absolute clangor of a name coming in. We thought stake F1 team kick Sauber was going to be the worst name. Oh, boy, did the new name for Alpha Tauri take the cake on that one. I think everyone has just forgotten how terrible the stake F1 team name is because Alpha Tauri is called Visa Cash App RB. Yeah, what is that? I, I don't know. That, that's not a team name. So uh, as I said on my emergency podcast, if you didn't catch that, I will thereby be calling this team Wish.com Red Bull because that is essentially what they are. They, they have gone straight they've always tried to say we're not going to be a, a sister team or we're trying to uh uh you know make the alpha tauri brand its own team and get away from red bull a little bit they have just scrapped that and gone straight back to knockoff red bulls at least toro rosso was kind of a cool name yeah it was technically just italian for red bull which is sort of lame when you think about it but toro rosso it sounded cool it was something that people could call the team. What do you call this team? You're going to call this team RB. Apparently, it stands for Racing Bulls. You're going to call them Racing Bulls. That just sounds stupid. People are going to think you don't know what you're talking about, and you're just trying to say Red Bull. And then you're going to be like, oh, you mean, no, 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 the other team, Racing Bulls. What? What is that? Just come on. Come on, Red Bull. You can't name your team anything better than that. And it's nothing to do with Visa Cash App. I mean, I think 
Visa Cash App is kind of funny. So it makes it even worse in a sense because it just seems like a bit of a goofy sponsor. Um, but it's just it's just terrible. So yeah, I've decided they're going to be Wish.com Red Bull. So if you're listening to this podcast, Alvatari is now named Wish.com Red Bull. And if you don't know what Wish is, it is a site to buy knockoff stuff. So <laughs> that is that is the explanation for the name. Um, so yeah, that is uh, all that's happened so far. Now let's move on to what will happen in the near future, I guess. It, but it's guaranteed. It is, <laughs> what, what will happen and what to expect are kind of similar, I guess. But um, this stuff is locked in uh, and it's going to be coming up in the near future. Um, maybe not this one so much, but it's big news. And I wanted to start it off with this one. And that is that Madrid will join the calendar in 2026, a street circuit in, uh, is that the capital city of Spain? I actually don't know. I was about to say that and I'm not confident that it is. So I won't say that. And I'll just say one of Spain's probably more popular countries, um, and biggest or uh, cities, biggest cities. Um, so it's going to be interesting with that street circuit layout. Um, and the craziest thing is that it's not even going to replace Barcelona necessarily. They could be on the calendar together. Uh, Catalonia, Barcelona, whatever you want to call it, um, is on the calendar until 2026, no matter what. So in 26, we will have two races in Spain, no matter what. The thinking is that it probably falls off the calendar then. Um, but that's not guaranteed. It could stay on. We'll see. Um, but my money would be on it leaving the calendar. And then another track news, um, this actually might get more people excited. And that is that, uh, Suzuka is going to be extended until 2029. So for the rest of the decade, we will have that brilliant racetrack, uh, on the calendar every year, barring a COVID situation again or something. Uh, so, Please don't let that happen. We want Suzuka on the calendar every year. Um, and the purists will be very happy that it will be staying until uh, the end of the decade, I guess. Um, so other kind of, I, I would say this will happen as well. Maybe it actually fits more on what to expect, to be fair. Um, but some teams are going to be showing up with some completely brand new cars, especially uh, Mercedes with probably the most aggressive reports. Um, saying that like 95% of the car is going to be completely different next year. So that is very exciting for Mercedes fans. Um, there's been nothing but positive reports coming out of Brackley too, saying that uh, they're seeing the things that they've been wanting to see. But again, I'm keeping expectations pretty down because last year the reports were also sounding pretty good about uh, what they were going to do. And then they came out and, and didn't change their direction at all. I know they will be for sure this year, but still, keeping those expectations measured for sure. And the other two teams, uh, or three teams actually, because I'm kind of uh, putting Ferrari and Haas in the same boat here, they're both going to be going down different routes as well. Both those teams have confirmed that. And then uh, the other team that's very interesting is AlphaTauri, who are obviously aligned with Red Bull, but apparently that relationship is going to get closer now. That's what Scott Zach Brown's panties in a knot. Um, so we'll see if Alpha Tower makes a huge step up the field as, uh, they get some more information from Red Bull legally, but they are apparently getting closer. So we'll see how that, how that works out on track, I guess. And then, um, 
kind of going back to car launch season, we have still seven more cars to launch. So here are the dates after Hastic and Williams, of course, have already dropped. Uh, we have Alpine on February 7th. So that is uh, on Wednesday or probably tomorrow for most of you listening. Um, Wish.com Red Bull will be on Thursday. Aston Martin uh, February 12th. So that is in exactly one week. Uh, so Monday. Uh, Ferrari's next Tuesday. Mercedes and McLaren are both next Wednesday. And then Red Bull will be next Thursday. Then we move on to what you should expect. I have a few things here. I think you have to expect great things from McLaren this year. Everything is pointing towards them potentially being the next challenger to Red Bull, at least on, on uh, during these regulations, I should say. Um, who knows what will happen in 2026 when uh, we get that big shakeup again. But right now, it does look like McLaren is on the best track, potentially, um, with uh, just a bit of a head start on the direction they've gone with their car. They also have all those new hires coming in, notably uh, David Sanchez from Ferrari and Rob Marshall from Red Bull. I think Marshall is the big one that's going to help them uh, when he uh, joins the team or he may have already, but yes, he's going to make a big difference. They have a brand new wind tunnel, all the new simulator tools and uh, machining equipment in their new factory. Um, I think it's also going to be very beneficial to have uh, Oscar Piastri in his second year, see the uh, step that he can take in his sophomore season. And you're also going to have a hungry Lando Norris. He made that very clear in his interview with Craig Slater. And uh, the closer this guy gets, to getting a win it's going to be very interesting to see um if he is that guy for mclaren or if he is going to crumble under the pressure like as i love lando but he has a couple times when uh the car is at its best and he has those qualifying mistakes this will be a huge year for him um especially if oscar piastri is uh, biting at his heels he will want to uh perform so expect great things for mclaren this year i think they actually could be second in the constructors easily it all depends on uh how mercedes and ferrari do with their brand new cars or new routes whatever you want to call it um the other team i want to talk about is red bull it, it possibly could be um an even more dominant red bull for sure i would expect it actually in bahrain they had all that time last year yes they had that wind tunnel time penalty but they stopped developing last year's car so early. So they have a huge head start to start the season. Um, so with Max Verstappen still driving for that team, he's operating on such a high level right now. I would expect them to come out of the gates absolutely flying next year. However, in theory, there is an opposite argument. The teams should converge as uh, Red Bull sort of plateaus with their package. There will be less time to find because they're already so far ahead. So... There is that argument. Um, I just think it's going to take the teams a little bit of time to find. So maybe more more by midseason, you're going to see that convergence and we get a bit of a better end to 2024. But I could see the beginning of 2024 looking bleak once again. I'm afraid to say it, but we can hope. We'll see how uh, Mercedes and Ferrari do and whether McLaren can continue on their trajectory. The other big thing, and this is probably the biggest thing of all, I'm actually saving an entire episode next week for this topic, and that is the ridiculous, silly season that we're about to have. 
The crazy thing is the biggest move out of all of them has probably already happened. People are arguing that the Lewis Hamilton move to Ferrari is the biggest driver market move of all time. I, I sort of understand it with uh, someone of his caliber and his status globally um, going to, you know, the team in red is just so huge. So I, uh, I do understand where they're coming from. Um, but we only have a few, you know, team or drivers locked into their teams right now. Max Verstappen, obviously long-term locked in at Red Bull. Lando Norris has now, uh, been sort of locked in at McLaren, although they decided not to release the details of that contract. So we'll see how long that actually is. Uh, Leclerc will be at Ferrari for a long time. We know Mercedes is uh, has George Russell signed till 2025. And we know Lewis Hamilton will be leaving Mercedes to go to Ferrari for 2025. After that, it's a wide open slate. So we have Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon, Alex Albon and Logan Sargent, Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo, Valtteri Bottas and Zhou Guan Yu, and then we also have Magnussen and Hulkenberg. The rest of the grid needs a contract for next year. So that is going to make things very, very interesting. And next next episode is going to have some more uh, talk about the, the liveries that launch and the teams that uh, you know begin their season. But I will be dedicating most of the episode to predicting the 2025 grid. And that is going to be a fun one because it, it, you can go any direction with it, really. It's it's insane. So really excited for that. The last thing here is I just want to say I kind of touched on this in the emergency pod uh, about the Lewis move to Ferrari. But I think it's going to be really spicy be- between Ferrari and Mercedes this year with their driver pairings, especially Ferrari, actually. I think Lewis and Mercedes will keep their relationship somewhat amicable and professional just because of Lewis's status with the team and his his position with all the, the leadership there. I also just don't think Lewis would be unprofessional on purpose, but he still has nothing to lose. And I would say the number one thing is George has nothing to lose now too. They don't have to have a good relationship. Um... It'll all be sunshine and daisies at the beginning of the season, of course. Um, But things could sour there pretty quickly, um, no doubt about it. And especially if uh, Lewis feels wronged, he will speak his mind because that's just who he is. Um, But the reality is Mercedes is going to be favoring George this year um, unless it's uh, a no-brainer to favor Lewis. So it could get crazy there. The, The reason I think Ferrari is even... Uh, Wilder is that Sainz has only been there a couple years. Yeah, they probably like him within the team, but he might feel actually wronged by Ferrari about kind of how they went about his his contract and then just going and getting Lewis Hamilton instead of him. Um, I always feel like he probably likes Charles, but I always felt like he sort of um, worked together with him because he wanted to stay at Ferrari and he, he knew that if he ruffled any feathers there that they would... Uh, look elsewhere for a second driver. So he always kind of played ball with Ferrari. Now he doesn't have to at all. They can go at it all they want. Leclerc, I think, is an aggressive enough driver that you know he will uh, fight back against Carlos as well. So I think this could be very interesting for both those driver pairings. And I'm uh, excited about that this year for sure. 
So yeah, that's uh, all I wanted to talk about on my return uh, to podcasting in 2024. But I have a bit of a longer pre-wrap-up, I guess if you want to call it, before I uh, say goodbye. So it's a brand new year with a new and improved break bias. So stay tuned to uh, the social media platforms as well as I plan to post on uh, those more often. And also if you're a Spotify listener, I'm doing this brand new as well. Make sure you answer the question of the episode before next week and your response could be read on next week's episode. So the question is, where would you like to see Carlos Sainz drive next year? Because as I said, he's going to have a ton of options. He could go to Mercedes and just replace Lewis. A reunion at Red Bull, perhaps. That would be a wild one. Uh, A long-term gamble with Stake and Audi. Or maybe he could take on the projects at Aston Martin or even Williams. Williams would be a bit of a step uh, down the grid, but I think it would be pretty cool to see him there as well. I really like Carlos. Any team he goes, I'm going to be excited for him and for that team. So uh, let me know what you think when you answer the question. If you're a Spotify listener, I apologize if you're, uh, apologize if you're not uh, because you're not going to be able to uh, to answer the question. It's, it's only on Spotify. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for episode 84 of Break Buys. I'm your host, Brad Kramer, and I will be back next Monday for some more car launch reaction and some talk about the crazy upcoming silly season that we're about to have. Goodbye.